The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to the Catherine Zox Show. This informative and entertaining show will start your mornings off on the right foot. Here's your host, Catherine Zox, your social worker with a microphone. I'm Catherine Zox. I'm here, and I'm your social worker with a microphone with my co-host, Lauren Beller-Blake. It's voiceamericavariety.com. Good morning, Lauren. How are you this morning? Good morning, Catherine. I'm at my desk, present, ready to roll. That's that's good. We have a guest, one guest today on the show. She's going to be coming up in this hour. Jane White is retirement out of the question. Probably it is for most Americans. She's written a book, Lauren, called America, Welcome to the Poor House. What you must do to protect your financial future and the reform we need. So you've got questions. She's the gal to ask. But I have something that's been bothering me all week, and I want you to, uh, you have to help me with this, because you know that October is Breast Cancer Awareness Month, right? Uh-huh. If you don't, you should. I know and, it now. I actually do know that, because I know many people that are doing the bre- walk for, you know, the breast cancer walk, and, you know, there's lots going on. They're walking, they're pink, they have pink exactly. ribbons. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. So, what do you, what's, so what's your what's your thought? Well, there are two things. Uh uh, one of the initiatives, and I look at all of these, there are big businesses and small businesses who are taking the initiative for breast cancer, aware, uh, uh, supposedly for breast cancer awareness, and they're selling all kinds of pink products. Now, this was on a website called Daily Finance. Pink Ribbon Overkill are companies exploiting breast cancer campaigns. I always had a feeling that maybe they were, and this particular website, Daily Finance, kind of points out some of the companies that you have to really look at closely because when they say you're buying something and the monies will go for right. breast cancer, yeah, I, yeah. They may, a penny may go for breast cancer. Uh, or, you know, it, it's, you know the, the implication is that if you're buying this product and, well, here, I'm going to read some of the Daily Finance surveyed a display of pink packaged products at a Kmart store. Now, this Uh is coming from dailyfinance.com. To decipher the language on each item, perhaps the least informative packaging, you'll never guess this one, was a pink Swiffer Sweeper Uh made by consumer products giant Procter & Gamble, PG. The label sports, you know, it has this pink ribbon accompanied by this thing that says early detection saves lives. Yeah. So the question is, how does purchasing a pink Swiffer, we all know what a Swiffer is. Yeah, yep. I barely know what a Swiffer is. I just learned recently, actually. I feel <laughs> pretty sad that I could say yes. They're Swiffing along. My boyfriend actually has a Swiffer. He loves Swiffers. And so I said, well, what the hell is a Swiffer? What do you do with it? <laughs> I, just have a, I mean, well, get back to that after. Let me hear about the the money with the Swiffer. All right, the money with the Swiffer. Okay, so purchasing, it says, how does purchasing a pink Swiffer help the cause, breast cancer uh, uh, cause, okay? Uh, it's unclear from the label because it contains no information about how its purchase will help support breast cancer causes. And according 
and I'm taking this from the website, according to the Procter & Gamble spokeswoman, the company will only make a two-cent donation to the National Breast Cancer Foundation if a consumer uses a coupon from Procter & Gamble's brand-new Saber coupon book, which was distributed in newspapers on September 27th. Yes. Without the coupon, the limited edition pink packaging on the Swiffer is simply designed to draw awareness. Uh. Okay, so you it's more about just drawing awareness. And people, a lot of this advertising, not just with this but with other advertisers, it gets very uh, deceiving. Here's another one. This oh, is on the same website, dailyfinance.com. The packaging of another product airs. Hairs, oh, I love these, but they're potato chips and pretzels. I, I happen to like their potato chips. Hair, or is it hers, H-E-R-R-S, whole grain pretzel ribbons proclaim that a portion of the, its sales will be donated to breast cancer awareness and research programs. But there's an asterisk accompanying that statement, which leads to a caveat that hers caps its donation at $15,000. Interesting. Which so is a supplement for hers didn't immediately return their call, et cetera. And there's a whole bunch of them. So you really have to look carefully. If you want, think you're donating to research for breast cancer, take a look at those labels, lady. I haven't. You know, this Please. is interesting. I've always had, like, you know, if you listen to your intuition, my intuition was always, like, don't ever feel like you're giving money to those types of causes in that route. I always felt like they weren't sincere. There were some issues. So this is just confirming my my gut intuition on that. Like there's got to be an organization where your money goes directly to the research cause. You know, there's got to be. I've never been able to find it. Well, your intuition, I think, is right, Lauren, because it, 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 what it really does, I mean, it's marketing, it's advertising for the company. And it's, exactly. You know, and to me, and not just these two companies, but just in general I'm, I'm, I'm talking, I mean, it, it really is like kind of, the word isn't sabotage, but it, it's kind of like taking this whole movement and using it to, to sell products rather Which, than, as you say, Give monies directly to directly. the Directly, and there's got to be ways to do that. And I think that that's, I mean, that's a great um, awareness. I think we all need to be much more aware of what, even with the walks, I'm always curious how much of those, the money when you sponsor people for walks, how much goes to the actual cause versus the administration of the, of the runs and walks, et cetera. Probably not too much, or they'd be walking for prostate cancer, and they're not. They're not. You know, they're not I doing it very much. I, you, you don't see these big prostate cancer walks, do you? No, but I think women, I think it's effective. I think women like to gather in groups and exercise, you know, so I think it works. Where men All right, here's another do one. Do you think this works? This, that there was a great big, uh, I think it was, a, uh, it was a, a model, a famous model, I can't remember her name, and uh, a makeup company, and they were on one of the morning shows, and they're jumping in on breast cancer awareness and 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 the head of this company a major company said and it's a woman a you know older woman and she said you know one of the well, they were asking her how far have we come in terms of breast cancer uh, curing breast cancer and she or, she said well these are the things that wi- women have to do they have to eat well they have to exercise they have to sleep well and there was a whole to-do list for what women need to do yeah in order to overcome breast cancer so that they won't get breast cancer or won't be diagnosed with it. And you know the one thing that they always leave out? What? The environmental carcinogens. It's a very political kind of issue. issue. It is just so politicized because 
what about the environmental carcinogens and breast cancer? If they bl- and here it is, it's kind of back to blaming the victim. Now, the, vi- the the person who has the problem needs to take responsibility for how they live. Their lifestyle is very important, but that's only a piece of it. Yeah, it's it definitely is a big picture. It's a big it's a big picture issue for sure. Now, if they would take these companies, Lauren, and ask them, what are they doing in terms of contributing to carcinogenic um, stuff in our air and water and those kinds of things, and uh, that would be another way of approaching the problem instead of buying pink products. I, well, the, I, there's such a um, it's false, like there's such a false um, feeling about that that gimmick. It's a gimmick to me. Mm-hmm. You know, if pink products helps promote or help breast cancer, because in my opinion, it's so indirect of an issue. What do we do? How do we do? Well, first you of all, you don't me. buy. What, how, do we do? how do we get this out? It's environment. Hey, we have to add that as a piece. When you go on national television, you're talking about how we can eradicate breast cancer, research, uh, yeah, ladies, women have to take care of themselves, you know, lifestyle is important, and the environment. And the environment is not sexy. That's not a sexy issue. And you know, but mess- being green is... You know, and being nice to our planet is, I think, a, is more of an in issue, not so sexy, but maybe in more so these days than anything else, isn't it? Yeah. You're, well, that's a good example because being green, it took a long time for green to be sexy. And I, I'm using sexy in a big I totally generic get it. way. I understand. So how being you're something using, that yeah. people wanted to jump on the bandwagon. Being yeah. green used to be wearing the, you know, looking like a, an aging hippie and, and eating granola and, and and brown rice, and no one wanted to be associated with it. Right. But that's not true anymore, and it, all, and it did have to do with marketing, marketing green. And so how can we do the same for breast cancer, breast cancer awareness? But don't and, you think it's not even just breast cancer, it's cancer in general? I mean, all cancers. Don't you think that has that's part of the environmental issue? It's an environmental issue as well? Yes, I do. So I, so I think this actually ties into our guest in a few minutes, in that it's about where are we putting our money and is it a smart investment? You know, are we buying pink T-shirts, and is that a wise use of our dollar? Good question. Are we really doing anything or just kind of patting yeah, ourselves on the back Are we just spending money that is um, lining someone else's pockets for a very different cause than they're, they're speaking of? Yeah. We have to get... I, we have to get down and dirty with... I mean, and, and, and really take a look at it. And I go back to... The, but for some reason, the question is why we... As a country, or even we as women, why don't we? Why are we so quick to take on the? Why are we so quick? Here's one. This is more of a psychological question. Why are we so quick to say, "Oh yes, it all has to do with us. It all has to do with our lifestyle and whether we maintain our weight and eat the right food and um, you know uh, get enough sleep and have our work balance, which is all of that stuff is necessary, but just a piece of the pie. Why are we so willing to do that? And not say, "Hey." We also have to take a look at, at at the you know what's causing this from the outside. I think it's both. I think the part of taking responsibility for our lifestyle is taking responsibility for the outside as well. I mean, that's to me being responsible is it's both sides. You know, what are we throwing away every day? What are we recycling every day? I have it's a, it's actually interesting. I was just speaking to my husband this past week, and I'm like, I need to do something more environmentally. You know, that promotes how important environmental issues and causes are. Absolutely. We're going to take a break. Lauren Deller-Blake, Catherine Zox. We're talking to you from VoiceAmericaVariety.com. 
Uh, thanks for joining us this morning, and we will be back and uh, very shortly with Jane White to talk about her new book, America, Welcome to the Poorhouse. Opinion. Can you hear me? Your voice counts. Call toll free 1 866 472 5787. 1 866 472 5787. VoiceAmerica.com. If you want to put the pep back in your step, Chad Lafferty says just what you're looking for. Dance is life. Life is dance. It's only about dance. It's about moving through life with style, gaining awareness of the never-ending, ever-flowing movement that accompanies all of life's activities. Dance is life. Life is dance. Broadcast every Saturday morning at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Radio Network. Be sure to tune in and tap into the limitless healing that dance can provide. Can't stop now. Are you ready to go green? You've asked, and we've heard you. Voice America presents the Green Talk Network. Environmental topics are at the forefront of our society, and the Green Talk Network is here to keep you up to date on the latest trends and new innovations for the eco-conscious lifestyle. We'll help promote a variety of ideas on the environment, from global warming issues to how you can become more eco-friendly in your daily activities. Be a part of the solution, not the problem. Visit the Green Talk Network page on voiceamerica.com and tune in to help spread the green. Emotional intelligence has been documented to be the most important skill for a leader to move up in an organization. Leaders Playbook will unpack what emotional intelligence is, why it is important, and how you can raise your emotional intelligence for yourself, your direct reports, and your team. Join Dr. Relly Nadler every Monday morning at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 p.m. Eastern, to the Leaders Playbook on the Voice America Business Channel. Your success, your success could depend on it. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You're listening to The Catherine Zox Show. If you'd like to join our conversation this morning, call now. The toll-free number is 866-472-5788. That number again is 866-472-5788. Good morning. Thanks all of you for joining us this morning. I'm Catherine Sox with my co-host, Lauren Beller-Blake. And she and I, uh, this morning, we're talking to Jane White. She's our guest. She's a noted financial writer and president and founder of Retirement Solutions, author of America, Welcome to the Poorhouse, What You Must Do to Protect Your Financial Future and the Reform We Need. Sometimes not something that Americans want to address or even be aware of, but uh, a perfect storm of 3.4 million baby boomers unable to retire will soon crash up against the incoming tide of 4 million debt-laden college graduates. That sounds pretty grim. In 2011, the first wave of boomers will hit retirement age, and there will be an economic crisis of massive proportions because few Americans have saved the necessary 10 times their final salary to maintain their standard of living for 20 years without working. It may even be longer than 20 years. Many will be pensionless or pension poor once it is time to retire. So, Jane, hence the book. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. How are you this morning? Pretty good. You? Good. 
I mean, this is one of the topics, too, I think that, I don't know if you listened to the beginning of the show, but it's something that uh, we don't want to address for some reason. And, I, you know, I'm a baby boomer. Lauren's a baby boomer. We're both at the opposite ends of the baby boomer spectrum. So why don't you tell us why you wrote the book, what do we need to address, what are we going to learn from it, how can we help ourselves, because we're baby boomers that are going to be in big trouble when we want to retire. I guess whether we're 40, is it the true for 42 as well as 62? Um, yeah, the, the major difference is the amount of time you have, and at least with the younger cohort, um, if my reform gets passed, you'll have more time to make up for lost time, if you get my drift, right, to, People who are closer to retirement, who are in their 60s, are in a more in a worse predicament. Um, the thing is, and I hadn't realized. I'm sorry that you were talking about this uh, on your show earlier. Well, we weren't talking about money. We we're talking about another issue, but we were talking about denial. Uh, okay. Just, uh, just well, from the cycle. Yeah. If, if, if I can just, because um, I, I think people have been beaten up uh, a bit. Um, there's a little bit of, of a, I think, a mistake in the press release that went out. It's that. It, it's not Americans do waste money. Don't get me wrong, but the problem with the 401k system is not the market, and it's not the employees. It's the fact that the employer match, which is a matching contribution, which is at best equal to three percent of pay, is the second lowest in the world. Even Mexico, right? This is the country that's so poor people are escaping from it to work here. Their their contribution is equal to six and a half percent of pay. Um, so, so why is we, that, Jane? I mean, here we are, one of the what was one of the still one of the wealthiest countries, or the wealthiest country in the world. Why? Well, basically, what employers have done in response to a global economy is to respond by, frankly, screwing the workforce. Um, I mean, why else would we have a situation where fifteen percent of the workforce has no health insurance? And frankly, even those of us who do um, pay through the nose whether it's in the form of co-pays or deductibles. Um, and th- that's really the, the inconvenient truth, is that uh, employers in the old days would respond to um, recessionary pressures by laying off employees, and instead they respond by saying, eh, we'll keep you on the job, we just won't compensate you too much. So there's an article in the Times today about, I don't know whether you saw it, um, about a pilot who just had his paycheck cut in half. Wow. How in God's name do you pay the mortgage or anything else um, if you can do that? And um, I think a couple of things have happened. I mean, one is that, you know, back in the old days, in the 60s and 70s, unions were 30% of the workforce, and it's now down to 10%, so they have less clout than they did before. Um, So that's one thing. So the workers um, aren't being protected as they were, like, in the 60s and 70s. Right, exactly. And that's, you know, when, when I say 30%, that's really significant because if you work at a company that has a union um, and you are what's called a salaried employee, you benefit. Anything the unions bargain for, you get. Um, so, so the fact that, that unions have decreased um, has really um, been, you know, had a sea change effect. Um, but also, I mean, we also have the most expensive health care system in the country, um, and one of the reasons why we're not getting reform is because the health care lobby is just doing everything it can um, to avoid uh, 
you know, not charging an arm and a leg. I mean, we have <laughs> our healthcare system is not only the most expensive in the world; it's fifty percent higher than the next, you know, next most expensive country, which I believe is uh, Austria. But anyway, yeah, and I think contrary to what we believe, Jane, it's not the best health. You know, we were we kind of fed this. I have them, I guess, or whatever it is, that it's the best health care system in the world, and it's not. I mean, if you break it down into different terms of delivery of services, I mean, we're way down on the list compared to a lot of European countries and even oh, Canada. Oh. Yeah, but and, I want... and the thing is, what, what really boggles my mind is every time my husband and I go to the doctor, it's like we go, okay, well, what kind of, what kind of baloney did the guy pull up? Oh, we need to conduct some tests. Yeah, we have to find out, maybe you're really a guy. No, you don't have to do any tests. Just fix the problem. I mean, my husband recently had a colonoscopy, which is basically somebody shoves a camera up your you-know-what. Yeah. It cost up $7,000. Hello? How much was it? $7,000. $7,000? Yes. Right? There's no surgery involved here. But, I mean, you know, that, and that's one thing nobody ever talks about. They, yeah. they, they, they don't really um, tackle uh, the individuals who are, you know, driving us to the poorhouse. So that, that's um, such a great. Uh, can I, I'm going to jump in here. This is Lauren. I, can I share a story? A really yeah, great go ahead. story. There, I was doing an interview for my book last week and had the opportunity to interview a woman who I knew nothing about, and someone recommended that I interview her. She's a medical doctor, oncologist in Louisiana, and um, after spending 45 minutes to an hour on the phone with her, I asked her a question at the end of our interview, which was a pretty, you know ho-hum interview. It was mm-hmm. just, you know, going along like every other interview. And I said, you know, what? tell me about as a someone that's created amazing success in a business, what have you given it over the course of your, you know, your work? And she said, you know, our business runs different than any other business I've ever seen. This is an MD, oncologist. Okay. She says, we will treat any, any person that walks through our door. And my staff has been told that we do not want to know which of our patients has insurance and which of our patients do not. We will treat everybody equally. And at the end of the year, I want to report with no names as to who, how much money was donated, how much service was donated, and how much money we made. She says, I'm a mul- I make multi-millions of dollars a year, and we, I give away multi-million dollars worth of service a year. Amazing. Um, yeah, and I, I think she's the exception and not the rule. Oh, she's absolutely the exception. Yeah, she yeah, needs yeah. to be, you know, that's someone that we need to see on CNN. She's yeah. doing right, it the way right. it was originally designed to do. Yeah. Oh, you're you're absolutely right. Yeah, my husband is involved in in uh, he's a healthcare actuary, and um, that that is the problem that not enough doctors have stepped forward and said, you know what, many of my colleagues are ripping people off. Exactly. And, and there's been a little bit of coverage. They talk about the Mayo Clinic and yada yada yada, but they've got to go even further. They got to say, here's the protocols, right? If this yeah. is the condition, well, this is and, the and feeling. Not, you I don't can think Jane or, or, yeah. or Lauren. I don't think it's just. The physicians, it's the oh, whole yeah. system, the hospital, the whole, oh, yeah. Oh, all, yeah. all of those who are involved in the delivery of care, there is such waste. I mean, if, right. you, if you cut down on that waste within the whole system, you'll have enough monies to deliver the kind of health care that we need. I mean, I know that's very general, but the waste is incredible. And I think the example you gave of the, the $7,000 colonoscopy, colonoscopy is, <laughs> is a good one because, 
uh, the, I mean, we could, uh, this has been discussed, but the, the testing, the, the, because no one ever looks at the patient. They just went or touches the patient or spends a half an hour talking about what the problem may be. You could cut out, out half of these tests. That, I agree. Right. And, yeah. and you know what's interesting? I mean, I don't know whether you noticed um, how the vote happened. You know, the Senate Finance Committee voted, right? It was a real, you know, um, agonizing moment because there was only one Republican who actually voted in favor of it. Olympia Snow Snow from Maine, which is where I'm from. Right. Now, (laughs) there is a wonderful organization called OpenSecrets.org, and you look up, you know, any politician, and you look at the Senate Finance Committee, and she is probably the only Republican on that committee that got less than a half a million dollars in contributions from pharma and the insurance industry. It's like, duh, right? So we have, we have a perfect storm of fleas, right? We have doctors who are charging too much, and we have the very politicians whose job is to work for the constituency who are more answerable to the campaign contributions. Max Baucus, the guy who heads up the committee, raised $11 million in the last election cycle. This guy has been in office since 1978. Nobody ran against him. Uh-huh. He used the money to bribe his fellow committee members. He spent $9 million, not in running for office, but as essentially kickbacks. Vote against reform, here you go. I mean, this is something that nobody nobody ever talks about. All right, so we've set the stage. I mean, we all yep. have our personal stories and, inf- and as well as, you know, the information that we get from the media and reading. So what do we do, Jane? I mean, like, how do now what do we I mean, we know well, that. So, I mean, you know, we as consumers, let's say, what yeah, well, do we I think do? I'm, I'm calling for a second American revolution, really. I mean, really? I'm just saying, I mean, here's another irony. McCain, decent guy, invented McCain-Feingold, the campaign finance reform law. Since that was passed, the amount of money K Street has spent has doubled. So it's a fraud, right? I mean, they, 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 because these guys themselves get contributions, they're not going to vote against it. So it's almost like we have to have a citizen's referendum to cut down K Street. Now, that's going to be difficult, all right? Um, now, in the meantime, one of the issues that I am so um, passionate about because of the retirement thing is, is really key I ask people to go to my website, www.retirement-solutions.us, and uh, there is a link on it called Stop the 401k Nightmare, and there's a place where people can email Joe Biden. And I'm singling uh, Vice President Biden out because he's in charge of the middle class task force, which is supposed to address financial stress. And email him and tell him to um, support my 401k reform, which would increase employer contributions to 401k accounts. Okay, we'll mention this again because we're going to take a break, but when we mm-hmm. come back, you can talk, we'll mention the website again so people can get involved. Just to Excellent, just, great. Yeah, Jane White, author of America, Welcome to the Poor House, <clears throat> What You Must Do to Protect Your Financial Future and the Reform We Need. I'm Catherine Zox with Lauren Deller-Blake, VoiceAmericaVariety.com. We'll be back in a minute. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your questions. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. 
what it comes down to, ladies, is that defining line between been there, done that, and ain't going back, baby. Yeah, I've heard them call you yuppies and baby boomers, maybe even dolls, babes, darling, sugar, and sweetheart, but I say that women are truly amazing. Join Dr. Marlene for Amazing Women, Brains, Beauty, and Style every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Pacific right here on the Voice America Women's Radio Network. Are you living with passion, purpose, and play? Are you ready to overcome your fears, claim your power and purpose to make your mark on the world, but don't know where to start? Tuck Self, the Rebel Bell, will inspire and empower you to squeeze as much juice and joy out of life as possible. You'll find your passion, live on purpose, and do it all with a boatload of play. Join this amazing voice for Tuck Talk every Monday at 6 p.m. in the East and 3 p.m. in the West on the Voice America Variety Channel. Live rebelliciously and on your terms. Inside all of us lives a warrior. We win battles with our careers, our finances, our children, our pets. It's time that the warrior within wins the battles with our own being. Modern-day Renaissance man Ori Hoffmeckler dispels eating urban legends and fitness myths in Voice America Network's The Warrior Within. Your guide to nutrition, energy, sex, and survival. Ori sets the record straight and will help you become leaner and healthier for a lifetime. The Warrior Within broadcasts live every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific on The Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Tune in for your guide to nutrition, energy, sex, and survival. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. listening to The Catherine Zox Show. If you'd like to join our conversation this morning, call now. The toll-free number is 866-472-5788. That number again is 866-472-5788. Thank you for joining us this morning on VoiceAmericaVariety.com. I'm Catherine Zox with my co-host, Lauren Beller-Blake, and we're talking to Jane White. Jane is author of America, Welcome to the Poor House, What You Must Do to Protect Your Financial Future and the Reform We Need. Uh, Jane, well, we've been kind of setting up the whole thing here. It's like we have a major problem, and we obviously don't want to wind up in the poorhouse, any of us baby boomers. Uh, Jane, you mentioned your website. Maybe you should give that website again in case anybody's just joining us because uh, you're founder of Retirement Solutions. You have a website, and we're interested in retirement solutions. What can we do as consumers? And I guess the first step is if we go to your website. Right. Yeah, the, the URL, again, is www.retirement-solutions.us. And um, on it, it contains some, um, you know, financial advice, but it also uh, has a summary of, you know, the problem we're in. And um, under the link, uh, Stop the 401K Nightmare, uh, you can email Joe Biden, who I mentioned is uh, head of the uh, task for- working class task force, it's called, it's supposed to address financial stress that Americans are facing. And apparently, in 1991, because you are somebody to listen to, you were, they describe you as the Cassandra who foretold the, ho- who, uh, foretold the housing bubble and the risk caused by adjustable rate mortgages. So you're a seer. Well, and you know what, it's amazing that it hasn't hit other people. I mean, you, you folks are based on Long Island. Is that correct? Well, oh. we we are based at, we are we are everywhere. I'm oh, in New okay. York, and Lauren is in Texas. Oh, and, okay. Okay. Um, 
World Talk Radio, Voice America Variety is in California. We're all over oh, the place. Oh, okay. But, uh, yeah. but the New York, California, New Jersey, all really high-cost areas. And um, so I didn't have this epiphany because I have a Ph.D. in economics. It's because my husband and I bought our first house in 1987. And the um, the interest rate hike caused our mortgage payments to go up by 30% in, in three years. Now, who the heck's income goes up in three years? Mm-hmm. Well, it's bas- the arm is basically a scam. They're basically saying that, oh, well, don't worry about it. Uh, you can always refinance to a lower fixed-rate mortgage because your house will be worth more because, quote, housing prices always go up, unquote. So I call this a liar's loan, except the broker is doing the lying instead of uh, the person applying for a mortgage. So, I mean, that's, I mean, if you think about it, why are there condos? I mean, there were never condos when I was a kid growing up in the 50s and 60s. Condos are, are expressly a result of an increase in low-cost housing, um, subsidized housing, which led to housing becoming more expensive, which led to people having to buy things that look like apartments, but they they, they call them something else. You know, yeah. Essentially, you have... You're, you're buying something, but it's, uh, um, you know, it's not really. I mean, if you're a young family with a little kid, it's like, oh, man, I need a backyard for my hyperactive uh, one-year-old to run around. So, so you know, you're saying in all this finance stuff, Jane, it's all these it's, uh, smoke and mirrors. I mean, no matter whether you're buying a house or. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, okay, so tell, but now, because we're here also to talk about your book, Welcome to the America, Welcome to the Poor House. Uh, but you have suggestions, concrete suggestions about what we can do so that we won't get, by the time we're 65, we won't be in the poor house. Right. Well, yeah. look, if we're just fixating on, on retirement, which is obviously the, the uh, most important thing, um, get Congress to pass my reform, which essentially means that we're getting employers to increase the amount of money that they're putting in the plans. And I know we're going to get a pushback, oh, we're in a recession, and then I'm going, okay, well, then we'll have a phase-in, which essentially is what Australia did when it instituted its own program. Um, you start out at 5% in the first year and increase uh, to 7% a couple of years later. Um, but the bad news is, even with this reform, um, boomers are going to have to stay on the job another 10 years because of that compound interest thing. You know what I mean? It's that, it's that we, we don't have enough time to recoup the benefits of this increased employer rate. And the inconvenient truth is people are going to have to bankroll more of their paychecks. Uh, households that have a stay-at-home spouse, which is typically the wife, as we know, um, will have to work and bankroll most of her paycheck. And then we also have to get rid of the idiotic limits on um, IRAs, something like $5,000. That's absolutely absurd. You should be able to bank as much as you can. Um, I have a But, Jane, how are you going to, and this comes from my social work background, the psychological piece of this, you've figured out some very concrete things that we can do so that mm-hmm. we don't wind up in the poorhouse. But we've been doing this for a long time, this whole baby boomer generation and even the generation after us. So how do you change our attitudes? We are not a nation of savers. We're a nation of spenders. We don't do this looking ahead. As a matter of fact, culturally, we're doing it less and less. The next generation is, you know, it's all in real, everything is in real time. That's the attitude. So in order for, for us to be able to do that, don't we have to 
somehow change our attitude. Can we do yeah, this? Yeah, and this it's is the again, attitude of the you know, traditionalists, I mean, the old, you know, the uh, World War II generation. Right. Well, again, I mean, let's face it. Now, um, let, let's take again the difference between the greatest generation and the boomers. Right. Yep. The greatest generation lived through the depression. I mean, my father would tell me stories about bread pudding. Um, that you know that that was all they could afford was putting a piece of you know crusty old bread and some milk and putting a little sugar on it. Um, so frugal out, uh, frugal outlook was much more common. Also, credit was not available. Credit cards weren't even coin in the realm until you know the 1960s. But frankly, uh, that generation also had better benefits, right? You know, my dad had a pension. I mean, 44% of the workforce was covered by a pension plan. Um, at the same time, you know, we boomers may be greedy and reckless and what have you, but the idiotic economists who measure a company's wealth by how much it spends are as much to blame, right? I mean, Alan Greenspan, who created the housing bubble, um, this guy ought to be in jail, frankly, instead of... The still being interviewed about his perspective on things. Um, ben Bernanke may not be as um, heinous as Greenspan, but the fact this guy was in denial about the bubble is equally um, despicable. And what I've done is I've called on the White House to create a household wealth index where instead of measuring our spending, we need to measure our savings. Right? We need to measure home equity and the decrease in home equity loans. I mean, Citibank came out with this campaign. Live so you're rich. saying change the emphasis? I mean, that does, ha- that does have something to do also with changing how people right. view their ex- – if you say you're talking about – that's interesting, changing the emph- emphasis to savings rather than spending. Right. And, you know, a lot of things have happened, and they aren't that easy to remedy. I mean, you look at Germany, for example. I mean, 80% of its GNP is based on exports. They make stuff other people buy. I mean, that's really what you want the country to be. I mean, we're also a country that just bailed out the nation's largest car company. I mean, that's but we don't crazy. have anything. We're not selling anything to anybody. What can yeah. we sell? Technology, I guess, would be one way of doing it. Right, and that's one of the things. I mean, when I, when I look at um, Obama's stimulus program, you know, it's sort of like equal opportunity stupidity, right? I mean, the Republicans say, oh, we'll lower tax breaks on the rich. They'll all buy yachts, and we'll have millions of blue-collar jobs building yachts. No. But by the same token, Obama's public works programs, okay, maybe we're going to get the unemployed construction workers who had jobs during the housing bubble back to work. But how about all those engineers from Microsoft and IBM who either lost their jobs um, through layoffs or because of outsourcing to India? You know, if we're going to have stimulus programs, they ought to be high-tech, R&D, you know, space program kind of stuff, except more realistic. Yeah, I, I agree. I don't know. I, I, I think that's true. I think, um, I mean, that's a huge issue, the fact that we do not export, that we're not selling anything to anybody that anybody wants right now, and we're buying everything. I exactly. mean, we're buying everything from China, so we need to, we do, we need to do that. Um, what else what um, else do we need to do in terms of, of us as, I mean, you said you're taught, who are you, taught, you? I mean, you've testified before the Department of Labor. Right, and that was, on the, that was on the issue of telling people how much to contribute to their plans. I mean, the absurd thing, you know, we have one set of evil doers in, in Washington, it's K Street, that stops good legislation, 
as far as pension stuff is, is involved, we have this ridiculously complicated law called ERISA, which has been amended 44 times since it was passed 30 years ago, and the result is less pensions rather than more pensions. And what I testified about was telling people how much they need to contribute based on their investment time horizon. For example, um, right now, most people with a current employer contribution rate need to start saving when they're 25, right, when the retirement is the last thing on their minds. Um, how many 25-year-olds are going to start saving? Well, like I said, but if this were a part of ERISA, right, if this was required disclosure to employees, at least it would be talked about. All these um, characters debate about is, oh, let's see, should we tell them that stocks are a good investment or perhaps they're too risky and we should measure their risk tolerance, yada, yada, yada. Let's get that word out. And that's what's not being done. In Australia, it's done. I mean, the mutual fund companies actually work in concert with the – with the employers to, to make sure people can sell more. You can sell a house in Australia and contribute the proceeds to, to your account. You can't do that here. But again, it's because there was a debate in Australia and there has never been that kind of dialogue or discussion here at all. Well, maybe as a result of your book and you're going around the country and lecturing, maybe there will be. Let's hope so. And, Let's and hope smart so. And people like you. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, we have to say goodbye. We've got about a minute left, but it's been really enlightening to have you on the show. I thank you. It, Jane White, you can buy her book online, bookstores everywhere. You can go to the website retirementsolutions.com. Uh, America, welcome to the poorhouse, what you must do to protect your financial future and the reform we need, and we certainly need it. Thanks, Jane. Thank you. We are Lauren Beller-Blake, Catherine Zox. You're listening to us. Um, You can join us, too, at 866-472-5787 if you want to uh, on voiceamericavariety.com on your social worker with a microphone. And um, Lauren and I are going to be back in a few minutes. Good, good, good dialogue, right, Lauren? Great informative information. Yeah, excellent stuff. And you can go retirementsolutions.com. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. Total career success. What does it mean to you? Voice America presents a radio program dedicated to help you achieve your career goal. Even in times of economic uncertainty, you can achieve your financial goals. Whether you're a college grad, new in the working environment, or a top-level executive, you will benefit from the practical and proven advice on job search and career advancement. Join Ken and Cheryl Dawson every Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern, for Total Career Success on Voice America. Are you ready to go green? You've asked and we've heard you. Voice America presents the Green Talk Network. 
Environmental topics are at the forefront of our society, and the Green Talk Network is here to keep you up to date on the latest trends and new innovations for the eco-conscious lifestyle. We'll help promote a variety of ideas on the environment, from global warming issues to how you can become more eco-friendly in your daily activities. Be a part of the solution, not the problem. Visit the Green Talk Network page on voiceamerica.com and tune in to help spread the green. Are there any mistakes in your life that you've made that you want to keep? Think about that for just a second. Are there any mistakes in your life that you want to keep? Creativity is allowing yourself to make mistakes, but art is knowing which ones to keep. Join internationally recognized author, speaker, and master coach M. Nora Claver for Bare Naked with Nora Claver, a celebration of life and all the inevitable mistakes we make through the course of it. Join Nora Thursday mornings at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific on Voice America. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You're listening to The Catherine Zox Show. If you'd like to join our conversation this morning, call now. The toll-free number is 866-472-5788. That number again is 866-472-5788. We're back again. Thanks for joining us this morning on VoiceAmericaVariety.com. Catherine Zox, Lauren Beller-Blake. I'm your social worker with a microphone. Uh, and uh, Lauren, we, well, we were talking to Jane White, uh, who is author of <laughs> America, Welcome to the Poor House, um, and what you must do to protect your financial future and the reform that we need. So we've been talking about reform and all that kind of stuff. But also, I, I want to continue with this, Lauren, because this whole idea of really changing the way we view as Americans in terms of what we need. I mean, we were talking during the break. I mean, we we want to accumulate things. We need bigger and better things, more stuff. We're going to start saving when we're 25 years old or or even at 30. I don't think so. It's so intriguing to me. I I have so much to say and I don't even know where to start because it's such an this Don't topic. worry, I'll cut you off. <laughs> go ahead. Oh, cut me off. No, cutting me off. Let me go, and then you're going to cut me off. I feel like there's a couple things here. One is if we changed how we could save and make it more creative for us to save, like being able to put money in if you invested in a house and sell it, be able to put that money in a, a, you know, a retirement account, wouldn't that be brilliant? I think that's so smart. What, say that again. If you that's were able to repeat this saying, fully for me. In other countries, you can – buy and sell real estate, and that money can go right into a retirement account. It doesn't get taxed like regular income. So, I mean, I just think that our whole system needs reform. And it's you're right, it's about attitude and rethinking it, but I think that it comes from our system doesn't give us incentive to save. We need, our whole system needs to give us incentive to save. Like, I think about how I pay my independent contractors to give them an incentive to maintain clients. And, you know, it's not always – our system's not set up like that, and our world has changed since those systems have been set up. Yeah, well, that's the – yes, our world has changed. I mean, and that's part of the problem, and we haven't changed. We exactly. Kind of like, yeah. We have our, – our world has changed. Our old archaic political systems have not changed – not even political, but financial systems haven't changed. So when we have these political debates on TV that say, you know, that are criticizing reform, whatever it means, we are – like, we're going to be in dire straits without reform. 
some kind of reform. It just seems like it's always about right or wrong versus what's really working. I love Phil, um, what's his name, Phil, um, Phil you know, the, the guy on TV. The, um, is, is he a talk show host? Yes, a talk show host, Phil. Uh, I, Dr. I, Phil, Dr. Phil. Oh, Dr. Phil. All Dr. Right. Phil asks that great question. Is that working for you? Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, Lauren, on this morning, uh, um, Olympia Snow from Maine was on Morning Joe, and she addressed the same thing that you did. She said it in a very similar way that you just did. Uh, they asked her a question, I don't know, about the, the right and the left and how they, you know, the, the controversy about the health care reform, and she said, unfortunately, Congress has not been doing what it needs to do. It gets, it, it's all politicized in terms of what the right wants, what the left wants, instead of what, how, whatever the piece of legislation is going to work. And yeah. you know, it's that's really the issue. And we do, and she said, and that's and I'm paraphrasing it obviously, but like we don't take a look at at the piece of legislation and how is it going to work. Exactly. We have a bias because of where it came from or who it came from. Or who it came from. And then so then we get stuck and then we don't make good decisions or good choices. Here's a book, and this one is for you. It's called 29 Gifts. It's, it's a little bit off the subject. But How a Month of Giving Can Change Your Life. I, I've heard of this book. Yeah, Cami Walker is the author. Uh-huh. She was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis when she was 33 years old, which is typical because multiple sclerosis, you are diagnosed mostly under 40. It's yeah, a, usually, yeah. yep. So, and she had just, she had been married for a month. She had actually been exhibiting the had the symptoms for about ten or fifteen years, but she never she'd gone to doctors and they poo pooed her and they said she was stressed and all this other kind of stuff. Anyway, uh, but that's not really the issue. The issue because it's but so she was in a state. I mean, she was not doing well physically. She was under a lot of stress. She was, uh, you know having just got married, problems with her relationship with her husband, Mark. And she had a friend, an African medicine woman named M. Bally Criazo. M. Bally, she calls her. And one of the, I guess this comes from African like uh, medicine woman culture. She suggested to her that if you give a gift each day for 21 days, you will get back. Such positive energy and, and actually some very positive kinds of like tangible things that will affect your state of mind so that you will feel better about yourself and actually physically, in her case, help you to get better, which it did. Interesting. I love that. Yeah. I, it's, it's really she She has a website. So this, I want to tell you this website. You go to 29gifts.org. 29gifts.org. I'm writing it down. Yeah, so she has the whole world involved in doing this. I love this. Giving, uh, yeah, giving, to, and, and it not only helps the people that you're giving the gifts to, but in turn it helps you as well. More and, so than anybody else probably. 
Yeah, I mean, it's an amazing, it sounds like, I know what I'm saying, it sounds like mumbo-jumbo, but No, it really not. doesn't. You know, um, I was speaking to a big fish yesterday. We were doing a big fish call, and it was one of the big fish's birthdays this week, and she was sharing what she does for her birthday, and what she does the month of her birthday is she gives it one gift every single day, and it's not always a monetary gift. It's a gift of anything. You know, it might be a gift of her time or a gift of calling someone out of the blue to acknowledge them, or maybe it is a, you know, a book or something. She makes a conscious choice to give something every day for the entire month. Isn't that great? And, Lauren, that's exactly what Tammy Walker is talking about. It could be cash. doesn't have to be. It could be calling up and giving somebody emotional support. Uh, the gift can be anything, yeah. And hopefully at some point you're pushing yourself. You're giving a gift that's kind of taking you in a place, for, well, it's easy if you say cash, like if you want to give $10, give $100, see how that makes you feel. Right. But you can overgive too. That's another issue. People, some people who are always giving, they give too much, and they're giving too much because they feel less than, so they give too much. That's interesting. And they get, So they're not taking care of themselves in the process. They're not taking care of themselves. They feel that they need to give, 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 but, in, in, but that, because they... I guess with the intention of feeling like if the more they give, the better the per- they'll be a better person, which is not necessarily true. So there right. is some limits uh, on the on the giving. I mean, but you do want to be able to um, get into your get out of your comfort zone for giving, whatever your comfort zone may be. It may be giving your time. You don't want yeah, to give your time. Too so you much give more time to somebody than you ordinarily would. Exactly. Spend more time with I your tend to do kids. that. I definitely do that. Just give, 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 and then you feel like, where's my space? Where's my yeah. time? Yeah. Yeah. So that's not healthy either. But get this book. Go online. Look at the, uh, I mean, there's just so much information on it. It's uh, 29gifts.org. I love it. I, I love that, too. And it goes along, I think, with that you said it helps to change the habit of how we think versus get, getting all this new stuff um, versus and when it's time to give. Like, we have to balance it out. It's part of the attitude change. Yeah, this is one way of doing it, I guess. Yeah, this absolutely. So, uh, 29 gifts, how a month of giving can change your life. I have to start. Oh, and, of course, I'm, I'll start tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm a giver. I think I'm a giver. I, I mean, I... You are a giver, I, for sure. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that um, I have a, a similar... I don't know if you have this issue or not. I'm not going to put words in your mouth, but I sometimes don't understand the power of no. Maybe you do better than I do, but um, we're going to have to say goodbye. Wow, that flew by. Yeah, it did. So uh, We have some change to do, don't we? I mean, uh, we have some change as a society. We have a lot to do. Yeah, we do. And um, start by giving your gift tomorrow. I will. I'll definitely, I love that concept. Yeah. Um, I was going to talk about happiness and working mothers, but since we have 30 seconds left, I can't. I'm Catherine Sox, Next Lauren Geller-Blake. You're listening to VoiceAmericaVariety.com. Thanks for joining us this morning. Have a great day, and Lauren and I will see you next week.
hope you have enjoyed today's episode of The Catherine Zox Show. You can listen live every Thursday morning at 7 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America channel. Want to know more about Catherine? Visit her website at www.catherinezox.com. Be sure to join us next week for more interviews and great conversations with Catherine Zox. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.